northwest coast of Scotland had always been a special place for Maxim Gunn, and one to which he returned when he felt the need to be alone for some kind of spiritual renewal, and, of course, to fish. Fishing for him was an art. Occasionally he ate what he caught, but he was more likely to be satisfied with the challenge of landing a fish with tackle too light for the job, and then throwing it back to live and fight another day. This particular day the trout had not been much in evidence. He'd had a couple of bites, lost one, and had his line broken by another, and was at that moment walking along the wide reach of Sandwood Bay totally at peace. To his right, the Atlantic Ocean, having skirted the butt of Lewis, thundered its final energy in a magnificent display of rolling breakers and wind-whipped spray, tinged pink by the lowering sun. To his left, seabirds wheeled and hovered above, Merrim-covered dunes and Sandwood Lock, he reached the southern end of the bay, climbed the dunes, and stood for a few minutes savoring the salt-scented wind. Then he cut across country to where he had parked his car at the end of the bumpy track, well satisfied with his day, and with little else on his mind but a bath, a drink, and dinner. By the time he reached the hotel, the weather had undergone one of those magical quick changes so common to that part of the world. The red-gold sunset had turned to anger, emphasized by dark rolling cloud. The brisk sea breeze had picked up, carrying with it a chill spatter of rain, and as he hurried through the front door there were whitecaps breaking at the harbor heads. As he took off his jacket, hung it up and dropped his rod and creel in a corner, the door to the bar opened, and the landlord, a big raw-boned man by the name of McAllister, came out carrying a bottle of wine. "'A good day, Mr. Gunn,' he asked. "'Well, the day was near perfect. The fishing—' Gunn waggled his hand. Then a good dinner of salmon will give you revenge. He showed the bottle. A good hawk. If you'll excuse me, I have other guests tonight. You'll have company in the dining room. Gunn smiled. I'll be down in fifteen minutes. McAllister nodded. And you'll have the salmon. Mrs. McAllister would be mortally offended if I didn't. Not mortally, but she might not speak to you for a week. And I'm not much for a diet of porridge and haggis. Fifteen minutes later, he walked into the dining room. Having bathed, and changed into a tweed jacket and slacks, carrying a generous Glenmorangie malt whiskey. There were two other people seated at a table near the fireplace. McAllister was pouring the wine and looked up. Mr. Gunn, he said, the lad would be honored if you would join him and his daughter. Gunn hesitated fractionally. He didn't particularly want the company of strangers, but knowing it would be extreme bad manners to refuse, inclined his head. I would be delighted, he answered, and crossed the room. The girl, who was in her early twenties, dark hair and blue eyes betraying her Celtic heritage, smiled as he approached and indicated the vacant chair. I am Marag Dewar, and this is me father, Ian. Please do join us. Gunn shook the outstretched hand, surprised at its firm hardness. My name is Maxim Gunn, and thank you. The laird, who had watched the introduction with a look of mild amusement, said, You'll excuse me if I don't get up, Mr. Gunn, but as me daughter says, you are very welcome. It's not often we get visitors in this part of the world. Gunn had noted the wheelchair the moment he came into the room, and now that he was close, and could study the man's face, he saw the lines of constant pain etched deeply, though whatever sorrow or accident had caused him to be confined was hidden behind a mask of humor that twinkled from the crow's foot-lined smile in his gray eyes. Dewar slapped the chrome arm of his chair. It caught accident, he said by way of explanation, and then dismissed the subject. You're holidaying here. 
Gunn sat down. Yes, I come to these parts fairly often. I find the peace very restorative. A buffet of wind rattled the windows, and rain spattered noisily against the glass. The girl smiled. Not very peaceful tonight, Gunn shrugged. The weather is part of it. I like the uncertainty. And it's clean weather. Not like the cities. The gray eyes twinkled approval. I take it you're having Mrs. McAllister's salmon. Good, then we'd better have another bottle of wine. Hamish, he said to the landlord. Gunn enjoyed the dinner thoroughly, skirting round the laird's gently probing questions as to what he did for a living, and indicating only that he had been in government service before taking up personal business a couple of years previously. You'll have to forgive my father, Mr. Gunn, Morag said at one point. He's become incurably nosy since being in that chair, and reticence only makes him worse. If he doesn't find out something about you, I'm afraid he'll only invent the worst. Gunn laughed and refilled their glasses as McAllister removed the plates and brought cheese and coffee.